talking about the grace of God. Last time we were in the attributes, it was the goodness of God, and we talked about the goodness of God in the terms of common grace, grace applied to all creation. Tonight I want to look at the goodness of God again, but it's the grace of God, the specific saving grace that uh, brings lost sinners into relationship with God. So if you have your Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Some of y'all maybe even knew that's where we were headed. Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read the first nine verses. We even read some of these same verses uh, this morning. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Paul didn't leave any of us out there. But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive again uh, together with Christ. By grace, you you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come He might show the surpassing riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Are you are you seeing a, a, a repetition there? In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no, no one may boast. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to gather in your name, O God, and we feel your presence here with us, and we thank you for that, Lord, for we are not worthy, O God, but that you show yourself to us anyway. Lord, we thank you for this grace, Lord, that has saved each and every one of us. Lord, I pray tonight, if there's somebody here who doesn't know this saving grace, Lord, I ask that you you show that to them tonight. Lord, let this be the first day of the rest of their life, oh God. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you for standing. As an idiom, okay, we have we have a terminology and things in, in our English language that we use. We use the term saving grace, and it refers to the, the redemptive quality of God. And we believe the Bible to say that no one can save themselves, right? That, that it is a gift of God, and that's what we're talking about tonight. This gift is that grace or that unmerited favor of God. It's by grace, through faith in Christ, that a man or a woman is saved. No one can come to the Father on their own. I have plenty of Scripture. We're going to be in Romans mostly, if you want to thumb through it. Romans uh, chapter 3. Uh, and that's what Paul tells us is that none of us in ourselves have the ability to save ourselves. If that was the case, we wouldn't need a Savior on a cross. I, I can 
I can follow what I need to follow. I can do what I need to do. And I can change myself. That's what the world thinks. Uh, that's what those blinders are. The blindness of the spiritual uh, is, is twofold. One, I don't need to change because I'm good. You know, I'm good enough. Or two, you you see where you are short in goodness, you know, and and, and I can change. I, I can I can make myself better. And, and all of us, if we're if we're honest before salvation and maybe if we're honest, even after salvation, we try to better ourselves. You know, I see a shortcoming in my life and 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 I just I'm going to make myself better. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. Right. How many ever said that? We say that a lot. Uh, as a nation, uh, taking spirituality out of it, you know, January is coming up so fast and, and everybody's going to make a New Year's resolution, right? That's that's the thing. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Some of you shaking your head. No, I don't do that because we don't ever keep them, right? I can't keep promises to, to myself. I can't tell you I should be 100 pounds if I, if I kept to every diet that I said I was going to do at the beginning of the year, right? If I can just, but even... Even then, I know it's funny, but we'll use it. It's true, right? I start in October because I have come to a realization I'm another year older, right? My birthday is Halloween. It's 30, 31st. is coming up. If anybody want to take accept cards and, and, and candy and everything else. But, um, you know, I'll be 35 this year, and I'm already starting to think I'm not getting any younger. I really need to I really need to change my ways. I need to do so. I probably need to drink more water. I need to eat better. You know, my son's growing up. I need, I need, I need to be around for him. I need to try and do my stuff. But then almost immediately, Sister Eddie, that thought comes, but the holidays are coming up and the food's going to be so good. And I'll just wait till after the first of the year and I can start. But the problem is, is, is I wait and I keep waiting and I keep waiting. And here we are, right? But now let's apply that spiritually, and it's exactly how we are pre-salvation. Uh, I know that I need to change, but I, I'll just I'll do it later. You know, I, I can, and I'll do it later. That's the falsity that's in our head, but the way that the Word of God reads what we just read in Ephesians, that it's, it, it, we're incapable of this change. It takes a supernatural event that happens in our life. It's the grace of God applied. It's faith put in Christ that saves a man, saves a woman. We're not talking about anything crazy tonight, although it is supernatural. It is a, a miracle. If this is the only miracle that ever happens in your life, praise God. I've been saved. There's been a supernatural event that's happened in my natural self. There's been someone placed in me to guide me to glory. So we use this saving grace to refer to the redeeming quality that makes a person or, uh, or a thing acceptable. Right? That's what we're talking about. But that's not the biblical meaning. You know, just a, a redemptive quality isn't, isn't salvation in itself. We use that in, in the world, you know. I can redeem something. I can bring something back from the brink of, of extinction. I, I can take an old vehicle and I can I can restore it, right? I can redeem it back to its its former glory, but I haven't like I haven't saved it. it it's still going to degrade, 
it's still going to go back to its original self if I leave it alone. So the word grace in the Bible means unmerited divine assistance given humans for their regeneration or sanctification. Or another way to say it would be God's benevolence to the undeserving. Okay, So it's God showing himself to mankind. Scripture says that grace, the unearned favor of the Lord, is necessary right, for this salvation. Look with me in Romans chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, Because by the works of the law none of mankind will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes knowledge of sin. We've been talking about that a lot. We're going through Romans in our men's study. We're, uh, we're into chapter 7. We've already covered chapter 3, but we're still in chapter 7. We're talking about this, this same thing, that the, the law shows us sin. I know that I need a Savior, and then grace is applied. And the only way to receive God's saving grace is through faith in Christ. Let's continue on in, in verse 21. It says, But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. But it is the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. We can thank God that there's no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in His blood through faith. This was to demonstrate His righteousness because in God's merciful restraint, He let the sins previously committed go unpunished. For the, for the demonstration that is of His righteousness at the present time so that He would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So there was a time where God winked, the Bible said, at sin that he pushed it off, right? We have all of the Old Testament where they're doing all the sacrifices and keeping the holy days and, and sin is merely pushed off until the perfect time when Christ would come and he would fulfill all of these obligations. He would fulfill all of these rituals all of the sacrifices, all of the holy days, the spring feast, the fall feast, everything would be wrapped up in Christ. He would go, he would live a perfect life under the law, fulfill every law that there is, die a perfect death for us so that grace may be given. Sometimes I fear that because we live on this side of the cross, we as Christians, we forget. Uh, we're forgetful people and we forget what we've been saved from. Uh, it, it, I've lived in this, this grace covenant, this grace period, and it's a wonderful thing. Read the Old Testament. There wasn't a lot of grace given in the Old Testament. It was do this or I will, I will do this. It's a blessing or it's a curse, right? And although there was seasons and times where God's always calling to repentance, always calling to repentance, there was judgment that was given. 
right? Sometimes in that generation, sometimes in the next generation. Now we have this grace where God says, all those who come to me, I will not reject. All those who believe in my son, I will not reject. And there is judgment, but it's being pushed back and it's being held back by the mercy of God. But make no mistake, judgment is coming for the world. Judgment is coming for the lost. You will be chastened, Christian, as as a as a loving father does to his children. You will be purified with fire, right? We're going to come out as purified gold at the end. This is, this is our life, but we thank God for it. Saving grace results in our sanctification. This grace that we're talking about, this salvation is, is merely the entrance into a process, into a kingdom where we are made more and more and more like our Savior. It's a process by which God conforms us to the image of Christ. At the moment of salvation by grace through faith, right? the Bible tells us that God makes us new creatures. We're a new creature in salvation. He, he promises not to forsake his children, Philippians 1 and 6, Paul says this, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work among you will complete it by the day of Christ Jesus. We don't know what the timeline is. I can't look at you and your process of sanctification and say you should be further along or, or, or I, should, I should be here and you, you should be there. We don't get to get to choose that all we get to do as Christians in maturity is to urge those along to continue in this process right you are where you are in this process but don't stay where you are that's the thing don't stop always move forward keep moving into Christ keep pushing keep shoving your way in the moment we stop we become stagnant. The Word teaches us this. We, we need to be like a flowing stream, this river that flows from us. We don't need to ever quit. We have nothing in ourselves that will commend us to God. Back to Romans 3, 10 and 11. It says it is written, there is no righteous person, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks out God. Right? That's not a... It's not a great place to be. Without this grace that's applied to us, we're in a pretty bad predicament. I'm lost and undone, and I can't make my way to God. So God, in His sovereignty, in His love, in His mercy, makes a way. He gives us grace, even though we are undeserving. That's what makes grace, grace. That's what makes it so good is that He knew who we were. He knows who we are. But yet He still looks at us and says, Mine. You're mine. Believe. We have no saving grace of, of our own. I, I'm unable to save myself. That's, that's what faith is. That's what I put my hope into another. I can't do it. You say you can and you will. I believe. Right? That's, that's what salvation 
is. Not merely words, for the devils believe, the demons believe and tremble, but it's an active faith. I'm walking in Christ. We were fundamentally unacceptable to God. Even his own disciples, Jesus is teaching, he's preaching, they're listening, he's turning people away, he's he's telling them you you don't know what you're doing, you're following me for the fishes and the loaves, you have no you have no idea, you need to make sure, you need to count the cost, you know what's going on, and then this question comes comes up. And he said, they say, How how can we be saved? Or are they They've asked it another way. He, they asked him one time, can anybody be saved? Is anybody being saved? In other words, Jesus, you're teaching a pretty pretty hard truth. Your reality is pretty black and white. Is anybody able to be? And Jesus' answer is in Luke 18, verses 26 through 27. They just asked, they asked him, can anybody be saved? Is anybody being saved? Is this even possible? And what Jesus says, I find a lot of comfort in. It says, those who heard him said, so you just got through teaching, for those who heard him said, and so who can be saved? Jesus just laid down a gauntlet. Go back and read chapter 18. He just laid, laid it down. And they come back with, if that's, if that's who you're looking for, how can any of us be there? And he said this, the things that are impossible with people are possible with God. It's by grace. In other words, Jesus said, you can't, you won't, but I will. Salvation is God's work. He gives the grace we need. Our saving grace is, is Christ himself. It's his finished work on, on the cross. It's what saves us. It's not our own merit. It's the work of Christ. And the grace that's applied to this is that all who believe can benefit from the cross. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that only those of America or only a certain number here or only no, whosoever believes in the Son, we'll, won't perish, but we'll have eternal life. One day, this covenant of grace will come to an end. There will be no more mercy. There will be no more grace. The Word says there will be judgment. And all those who are found outside of Christ will be judged. And the Word says that they're judged rightly. They're judged justly. Not that we don't deserve it, but we're under grace. It's easy to think that, you know, it's by our faith. And we have a part in this. I, I'm not saying that we don't. The, the word is very clear. God is sovereign and we have responsibility. And, and it's by this grace that's applied to us. It's by this faith that wells up inside of us and, and belief in a person, a a God who can save, it becomes a marriage. Most marriages, I'll say it like this, most marriages that are one-sided don't work out. Right? 
if I loved Tab and she didn't love me, that would make marriage pretty awkward. We can look through history. There's been assigned marriages and royalty and things like that. Sometimes they work out. Sometimes they don't, right? Sometimes you're miserable. Sometimes you learn to love each other. But it's, it's a process, and it's not the way it's supposed to be. It works a whole lot better when I love her and she loves me. But here's the problem is our bridegroom wanted a bride, and we didn't know to love him. I didn't know how good he was. I didn't know the blessing that it was to, to have Christ as my, as my bridegroom. So God gives us grace. He removes the blinders. He opens our eyes. He renews our mind. He changes our hearts, our desires, so that when we look on Christ, we see and we love. But that's what grace is. It's that He loved us first. He loved us first. But it doesn't stop there. Yes, he loved us first, but I love him. Something changed in me. I didn't before. Maybe some of us has been pursued like that. Somebody liked you before you liked them. I don't know. Maybe I've seen it. You know, in in high school, my friends would be like, "Man, look, look at so and so over there. She's so pretty. I'm gonna go ask her out." And you go over there, and she'd be like, "Oh, gross. Get away." You know. Some of them kept on though because they just they had a they they had a special place in their heart and they win them over. My mom and dad is like that. My dad moved in to this little school called Lafargue. He come from Georgetown and and uh, walked up to mom and told her she he was going to marry her. Didn't even know her name. Mom went home and told Momo about this crazy Grobeck looking fella who. Who uh who said I'm gonna marry you? He was just a he was just a string bean, full of stringy hair. He he wasn't very very good looking to mom. But dad didn't give up. He kept on and kept on and kept on. And he says he wore her down. But what happened was mom's desires changed. She start she got to know him and started to understand a little bit about him and and decided to be in a relationship with him. God in our salvation is a lot the same way. Not exactly, but a lot the same way. The Word says that He pursues us. That I don't want anything to do with Him, but that He never leaves me alone. He pursues me and He gives me opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to come to know Him. And little by little, time by time, as I hear more and more of this God, this Savior, something begins to change on the inside of me. There's something that begins to well up. There's something that I, it pains me to think about a life without Christ. I, I, I didn't know where that would come from. I was doing fine without Him, but now I'm laying my head on the pillow at night and, and I don't want to live without Him. What, what was that? It's the grace of God being applied to my life, changing me from the inside out. So I get to a moment in time when I enter into relationship with him. And it's wonderful. It's gracious. It's all from him. Romans 3, 10 and through 12. We said that none, none seek after God. Again, in Ephesians 2 and 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith that is 
faith not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Hebrews 12 and 2 says that Jesus is the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith. God's saving grace is it's completely a gift from Him. You can't find salvation in the world. You can't find salvation in any other place other than our Savior. Even our ability to accept His saving grace, it's a gift from God. The amazing part about this gift is it's given freely to all who would believe. This is the most precious gift that any of us can receive, and it's given freely to all who would believe. God calls all to repentance through faith in His Son. We only need to receive this gift to be made right with our Father. There's, there's immense blessing in salvation. And it's because of what I've received on that day that I, I live my life in such a way to try and uphold the gift. That's all, we're, that's all any of us are trying to do from the day we're saved to the day we go into the ground or by God's will He comes and gets us. I'm just trying to live up to the gift that I've been given. I fail in that and there's repentance and there's even more grace. Paul says, should we keep sinning so we get more grace? God forbid. We don't, you don't need to keep sinning to get more grace, but if there is sin, there's grace. It's a beautiful thing. God's saving grace is the unmerited favor of God that reconciles sinners through Christ Jesus. We're made right. We're made good. Grace is God's goodness towards sinners. God's common grace is His goodness towards creation, but saving grace is God's goodness towards sinners. It's more specific. A cow doesn't need saving grace. A tree doesn't need saving grace. A dog doesn't need saving grace. I need saving grace. It's towards sinners. Most dogs are just good dogs anyway, right? I've seen it. i got eyes. I'm sorry. Should have stayed with the cow. This grace is sovereign, right? It's God and His, his goodness and His all-knowing and, and everything that is God is sovereign. This gift is new spiritual life to whomever He wills. This gift is unconditional. You don't have to be a certain person, come from a certain family, have a certain amount in your bank account, be a certain age. A child can be saved just as much as an adult can be saved. The Word teaches us that we only need to know that we need a Savior. Whenever that is, we need a Savior. It's unconditional. God's saving grace can't be earned. It's unmerited. Just because I've lived a better life than you've lived, or I was raised in church and you wasn't raised in church, or I've had the ability to read the Bible and you haven't had the ability to read. None of that matters. It's unmerited. God's saving grace is the foundation for God's gracious gifts. You need be saved 
to inherit the gifts of God. He's not going to bestow godly gifts on an ungodly vessel. There's common grace. He's going to allow you some things, but these gracious gifts, these spiritual gifts, that in itself being the very Spirit of God is going to be given in grace and empowers the Christian to live. That's what grace gives us. The power to live. We were dead in our trespasses of sin. Now we have the power to live. And finally, this grace is fundamentally the presence of God in covenant with His people. This covenant with us. You will be my people. I will be your God. I will dwell with you. And we look and we see that it's by tabernacle not made with hands, right? It's a spiritual thing. But even going into Revelation, we see that, or in the Gospels rather, that Jesus is that tabernacle. And then you go into Revelation and He says, no longer any tabernacle at all. We're just going to be together in covenant with one another. Amen. Thank God for grace. Thank God for His goodness. Thank God that He's specific and He's personal. That we receive as, as just being created a common goodness, a common grace. But us as sinners, we receive a more specific love, a more specific grace. That God of all creation reaches down and He changes individuals. Amen. Y'all stand tonight. Amen. Let's pray. If there's one who needs prayer, we're here for you. Lord, we thank you for this specific, oh God, grace, Lord, that grace that leads unto salvation. Lord, we thank you for this time of grace, Lord, this covenant of grace that we find ourselves in, Lord, that each and every one of us was put here for a purpose, oh God, that that we're not a product out of time, but we're in time right where we need to be. Lord, I ask that you move upon us. If there be one here who doesn't know of this saving grace, oh God, Lord, I, I pray that you don't leave them alone. Lord, for us who are under this covenant, oh God, remind us even today of our first love, of that time, oh God, when you reached down and you touched us. Lord, empower us, embolden us, O oh God. Strengthen us from within. Lord, I ask this in Your name. Amen.